0: Welcome to A Healthier You Little by Little. This podcast gives you insights and features various aspects of health, from sleep and stress to immunity, exercise, home workouts, energy, and performance. Here is your host of A Healthier You Little by Little, Cindy Little.
1: All right, everybody, welcome back to the 55th episode of A Healthier You Little by Little. Today I've got a special guest, Sam Graber. And we, our title today is How to Have a Proactive Midlife Unraveling. And I'm so excited to have Sam on the show today because we had an awesome conversation the other day. And we talked and talked about just a lot of different things and how we change over time as women. So let me properly introduce Dr. Sam. Dr. Sam Graver is a retired holistic chiropractor who channels her 30 years experience into helping women forgo sacrificing their health to scale their impact. Her genius zone is helping women take full advantage of the powerful transition of perimenopause so that they can make the impact they so deeply desire to make and live life fully engaged and firing on health cylinders. She knows to her core, we don't have to choose between our impact and our health. I absolutely love that, Sam. Welcome onto the show.
0: Thank you, Cindy. I am so happy to be here and speak with your audience and dig a little deeper with you today.
1: <laughs> well, mm-hmm. I, I'm excited too. Just uh, even on a personal note, as as you know, I'm, I'm hitting in, I'm going into perimenopause. Mm-hmm. And I've, I'm two months into it, like full force. And I've got the sheets on and off through the night and um, more emotional than usual. And I would just love to hear some some tips and tricks on your end. And I know that you've got a couple of really good tips and you've got a foundational message. Maybe we should start sure. with that. What do you think?
0: Sure, absolutely. I think part of part of my mission right now at this stage in in my career and my life is to help people understand what's going on in their bodies and brains and their psyche, so that they can number one be more self compassionate because we we can tend to kind of get we can be hard on ourselves, especially those of us that are those hard charging, you know, super successful, high achieving people. We kind of think that we're, we're not mortal anymore. So part of this is is sort of tapping into our own mortality. And by doing that, you know, uh, along the way we can understand ourselves better, what motivates us, what makes us a ticking time bomb. And then also some of that physiology behind the scenes that it's just biology. You know, perimenopause is not personal. Menopause is not personal. A lot of health (laughs) is not personal. (laughs) Are you sure about that? (laughs) I am pretty darn sure. (laughs) I have checked the research and it's just one of those things. There's just so much going on yet. It is pretty, pretty simple. There are a few, you know, few major changes that have, some fallout and some, um, you know, some items in their wake that we don't want. And then there are a lot of beautiful things that perimenopause brings
1: now, you know what, I I'm going to be careful here because there might be some young listeners and they might not know what perimenopause is. Maybe you could explain what that is.
0: Yes. Happy to Um, perimenopause. I look at it as the time before our menopause, which menopause technically is when we've gone one full year without our period that is menopause. So prior to that, there are a whole bunch of changes that happen to set us up to then no longer have our periods. Now, some women are on uh, medications or like a hormone kind of uh, birth control or something where they may not actually be bleeding every month. And they're still though in the pre-menopause stage. So perimenopause is just that time when all these changes are happening. Uh, We might have changes in the, the amount of our period, the length of our period, the heaviness, the lightness, the cramps, um, all of those things. Plus we have a lot of brain changes as estrogen is starting to kind of wax and wane and progesterone is going backstage and eventually offstage. (laughs) All those things really set us up for a different, a whole different landscape.
1: And and I've heard perimenopause can start as early as thirty seven or even maybe earlier for some women. Absolutely,
0: right? for some, yes, absolutely. There are so many hormonal um, the things that affect our hormones. You know women are going or girls are going into their menstrual periods way younger than you and I ever started.
1: Oh yeah, and then,
0: you know people are going into menopause or perimenopause earlier. There are a lot of stats out there. Um, said most places I see say you know with a year. To 15 years can be perimenopause. There are a whole slew of symptoms. Um, a lot of those things, though, are really just they can be stress related. So whether that's technically perimenopause, it's hard to say. Every woman's different. You know, mm-hmm. some of us go into menopause surgically. You know, they'll have a surgery that would remove the ovaries. So that's an overnight, oh my God, change. Wow. You know, that's something that's that most are not prepared for. Um, And then there are people that are having their hormones uh, manipulated on, you know, on purpose or through other medications like treatments for cancer, that that would change your hormones quite significantly. So there's a whole, a whole range of ways people can enter perimenopause and then have their menopause
1: hmm. I have a friend who's 65 and she still gets her period. Can you believe? Yes.
0: That? Yeah. I mean, if things are regular, you know, for regular for her, I really try to stay away from the word normal because there's really no such thing as normal, normal. Right. You know, there are there are uh, basic patterns, but as as long as, you know, she's under care and her doc is as tested and it's there's nothing that's, um, you know, creating that good honor. Is it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, for her, if she's if she's good with it. <laughs> Although, you know, what? I always looked at, um, you know, when things were really super regular, I was like, that's like my monthly report card, like a okay boss, everything's good. You know? And I felt like that just meant my body was firing on all cylinders, so right. she was happy and healthy. And, and then it kind of went from there. And then when things started changing, I was like, what is going on here? Um, I was not prepared and I'm a very, you know, I'm a very educated, I've studied hormones my whole life. I, I studied the the numbers and the science and the research nobody ever talked with me about what it actually shows up like in in your life um so that's why i I've, I've really kind of shifted my focus to help women in this stage and their partners, because man, if we don't know what's going on, how can we expect our partners and our families to know what's going on? Right.
1: Absolutely. And it can be devastating on some people's sex life too, if they Mm -hmm. don't know, understand that the, what's happening with their hormones, right? Absolutely.
0: Yes. And then the, the major hormone isn't really a sex hormone that, that affects us so much it's cortisol. And it's so it's one of those stress hormones from our adrenals, That gal, when she comes on scene, she runs the show. And if we're, if we're having these changes and then we're stressed, feeling stressed about it, it just makes it a million times worse. Mm -hmm. Um, Plus there's, you know, the hormone insulin, which I know you're very, very um, aware of and very skilled at understanding and and helping people understand when cortisol and insulin are kind of in this battle, so to speak, it can make our, our perimenopause I I don't just like so much worse. And I've seen with women, when we get insulin and cortisol under control, a lot more ease in the body, the perimenopause stuff just practically melts away.
1: Mm -hmm. And
0: that's Mm -hmm. just all about, you know, finding that homeostasis, that balance, that equilibrium, Mm -hmm. that understanding. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, so I know that like with insulin and cortisol, both of those can be detrimental to weight gain. Mm Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people when they hit their, you know, late forties, fifties, mm-hmm. they tend to gain weight. Is there any, I mean, you, you have a background in nutrition as well, mm-hmm. like yeah. where, and I, this is, is, this isn't even a scripted question, but yeah, I know no. that the listeners, I, I have so many listeners that have that weight gain issue in their, you know, their later years. Like, is there mm-hmm. any hope for us, Sam?
0: Absolutely. <laughs> yes. And, and that's where really looking at insulin first. Um, So there's a term insulin resistance that I I, I imagine you talk about. Um, So insulin resistance is basically when there's so much insulin coursing through our body. I often say it's like your cells are marinating in it. Eventually your, your cells go, you know what? I cannot handle any more of this. So they become resistant or get selective hearing for it essentially. And so that just means that we're, our body has to produce and pump out so much more insulin to get the effect of insulin an insulin's job, it's a, it's a nutrient store. It's a nutrient receptor. So it realizes, okay, there's too much glucose. We've got to put that back into the cells or get it into the muscles or do what, you know, whichever uh, range it's going to do when there are no other areas to shove the, the glucose, it will package it into fat body fat. So there's when there's so much insulin going on, there's a lot of growth behind the scenes in the cells, and that can contribute to putting on extra body fat. Um, When cortisol is really ramped up because we're stressed out, that is going to then be almost in a, in a death match with, (laughs) with insulin because cortisol is, you know, as we talk about, it's our stress hormone. When we're stressed, our body says, oh, everything else is totally back burner. We're in stress. We're in life-saving mode, even Mm -hmm. when we're not. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all our life nowadays, we're, we're constantly in this stress state because there's everything at us. We've got, you know, our computers, we've got phones going off all the time. We have the the pressures of daily life and that just, that just courses through our bodies. So eventually our body will be even less um, receptive to cortisol mm-hmm. and all the other hormones. And there's, a, there are two other hormones, ghrelin and leptin that are very involved in our hormone balance for, for fat loss or fat gain. Mm-hmm. And so they all really fit together. The things I notice is when, when we're eating real food and eating in a pattern that that's helps build our body, we're, we're stressing our body healthfully, like a little bit of weightlifting, you know, exercise that works for our body. That really helps a lot with the weight. Mm -hmm. Plus, you know, knowing if the testosterone is getting a little bit more ramped up, um, you know, we need to have a little bit of fat on our body for potential needing to tap into if something happens. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so it's, it's, there's so many different changes and that's, that's part of why I have that community that I invited you into of, you know, where women can learn a little more about what's going on and then be able to kind of piecemeal a, a, an approach that works for them Mm -hmm. because what works for you may not work for me. It may not work for the next gal.
1: Right now let's talk about that group, Sam, and why you started it and why you do what you do.
0: Sure. What got you here? (laughs) What got me here, man? Well, okay. For 30 years, I was in the, you know, in chiropractic practice on the front lines, loved my practice, loved working with people. Um, the, the landscape shifted so much as far as insurance and I'm here in the United States. So we had all these crazy insurance changes And we started to have to do everything on a a computer for keeping our notes. And I mean, it just became this whole rigmarole. And I thought I had this come to Jesus moment with myself about, it's probably 2015. And I said, gosh, you know, I'm really, I'm getting burned out and I'm not a burned out kind of person. I'm a, I'm a really passionate, very lit up when I'm in my zone. I mean, I am just, I'm just wired in the best of ways and everything flows and i just was feeling like i was losing my mojo and it did not feel good so i started you know coaching myself like what do i do with my clients i help them get tapped into what really lights them up and so i started taking inventory what do i really enjoy doing what makes me feel like i'm not working i'm just getting to you know really connect with people and so that just that just started me on this quest and then during that time, I had some major life issues occur and they almost took me to my knees and I thought, Ugh, why is this so, so, you know, just why is everything so devastating right now? It felt like everything, everywhere I turned, there was a new crazy thing coming up and it was all these emotions that I had repressed for, you know, decades. I was not prepared for that part of middle of midlife. And mm-hmm. I think like, that's part of. The gift and part of the curse of getting through a certain stage, you know, when we've we've kind of we've figured like, oh, well, I'm over that. Like that's the past. That's my childhood. Oh my gosh, that's so long ago. You know, I've moved on from that, or disappointments in, you know, a marriage or, you know, whatever it may be, or family things. And so as as my body was changing, all these things started coming back and and were demanding my attention. And that was stuff that I did not know what to do with. You know, I really had some serious issues with it, and I thought, "Man, is this what depression feels like?" And I'm like, "I'm not a depressed kind of person," and you know, all the all these things. So, without going into major details over a couple yeah. hours, you know, it all <laughs> it all kind of because it would take a while to unpack. it, Let me tell you, but it, it kind of became this thing of, okay, let me let me start looking at you know emotions and and how are those created and what are they. And why do they just seem to come up at the most inopportune times? And so I, I just, I went down those wonderful rabbit holes, you know, that you get down and you you just start studying and you go, oh my gosh, okay, this makes sense. Now that paired with this, this makes sense. And I just couldn't keep it all to myself. I'm like, people need to know this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I usually do one-on-one coaching, which is very intensive, you know, do a lot of lab work and check on people's, um, you know, their their entire health status, but I can only take care of so many people at a time. Right. So, right. So I thought, okay, well, how can I, how can I bridge this gap? So now I, I created the community as a resource hub. And then I have a membership where we roll up our sleeves and get to work together. Yeah. You know, I take them on a journey on a map, uh, basically a, a blueprint. Here are the testing you know, tests that you want to request from your doctor. This is what these patterns mean. This is why we test this stuff. Here's the. Here are the questions to ask your your healthcare team. So I think everyone should have a healthcare team. You know, their doctor, their nurse practitioner, their GP, um, in general practitioner, depending uh, you know what country you're in. Somebody who is sort of your your quarterback. You know, technically, ideally, you are your quarterback, but in, until you're educated enough on what the plays are, yeah, you know, it might be good to defer that to someone you trust. But you want to be actively involved. Um, so that's a lot of what I do now is, is just help people understand themselves better. And that's not just physiology, but psychology too.
1: Mm-hmm. Now you talk about unraveling.
0: Yeah. That's one
1: of your titles. Did yes. you write a book on unraveling or is that your, the name of your group? Yeah, both? that's the
0: name of my group. And, and I am writing, um, I'm writing a whole system basically called unraveling me, you know, my life unraveled. I'm still working on the title. But the idea behind the unraveling, um, I, I, it was, came to me after reading Brene Brown, whom I just absolutely adore. And she talked about the midlife unraveling. And it made a lot of sense because she says, you know, midlife, is, it's not a crisis because a crisis is something that happens and then it's, it comes to an end. And then, you know, there you go. You move on. Midlife is this really this wonderful time for unraveling, uh, you know, things from our past and kind of looking and examining our life and seeing, yeah, does all of this work for me? Is this the life I want to be living? And the things that are yes, great. Keep enhancing those, feed them, cultivate them, help them grow the things that aren't, we need to, you know, gently put aside or say, you know what, that's just no longer me, or these things aren't serving me, or they don't You know, they don't give me that sense of purpose and passion. And then in, in the work that I do, I help people design that life. They want to live. Do you want to be making more of an impact? Awesome. How, how are you going to do that? You know, what is that thing? Not just because you're good at it, but what do you really love to do? And let's build more of that into your life.
1: Mm -hmm. I love that. And it's so fun. I know we had that conversation like, cause we're in the same mastermind group together yeah. and we're just masterminding with each other and kind of getting to know each other and how mm-hmm. we can support each other. And I think that your group is going to be fantastic for even myself going forward, because I mean, not just the perimenopause, it, it is definitely a time to reflect, but also for from the loss of our son last October, mm-hmm. it really made me reassess. Like you said, like what is important to me now and where do I go from here? Yeah. And I I've learned to say no. And I've learned to say, okay, I, I gotta let this go. Cause it's not, you know, serving me. It's not that it's not serving me, but it's just maybe not a priority. Now things do yes. change.
0: Oh Gosh, do they ever do they yeah. ever? And, and that's a thing, you know, we'll, we'll also also go through career changes you know, kind of pivoting and and doing things differently. Like I, I had a lot of backlash when I left my practice and people are like, why are you leaving? You love it. And you're so good at it. And I just, I just had to do what was right for me. And that was challenging though, because I was, you know, you take care of everybody. And I never realized just how little I took care of myself. That was it. <laughs>
1: True. Like, uh, like there's a lot of nurses and doctors and healthcare mm-hmm. professionals, even personal trainers mm-hmm. that you give so much to other people that you don't really realize where you're at with your own health. Yes. And it's not to say that you're not healthy, but it it's not always just about the health aspect. It's about how much time are you taking for yourself? And I know a lot of moms out there that are running on that treadmill, and they're going 100 miles an hour, and they've got one kid, two kids, three kids, and yeah. maybe more. I don't yeah. even comprehend that. I <laughs> Right, my grandma had ten kids. Like, oh my five, good lord! Five boys, five girls. Back when they didn't have wash machines, yeah, <laughs> post- She was World constantly washing. I mean, yes. like, and then you know, I I think we probably both grew up around the same time frame, mm-hmm. where we had these parents that had parents that were in you know post war, and they really had it hard. Like, I mean, we think we have it hard and we do have it hard, Mm -hmm. but they also had it really hard. They didn't have computers or phones or um, all these, you know, luxuries really that we have now. And then, then we think maybe we grew up thinking like, Well, geez, my parents had it so hard. Like, what do I have to complain about? And so we we just do our regular life and move on and go on, right? And we don't take the time to for self pity because we just got to make a living and get our kids through
0: school, (laughs) right? Absolutely. And and it becomes that just that time of examination, Mm -hmm. you know. And and that's something that that we don't give ourselves enough um, enough of an opportunity to do that because it is there's just constant noise. Yeah, the moment yeah. from the moment you wake up to the moment you lay down and and hopefully your brain will let you sleep but many of us Set, you know, stay up with the mind going all the time. There's no pause button, unfortunately. And then as you know, even in the perimenopause phase, because our, our hormones are changing and our cortisol can get a little bit off, it's almost like it skips ahead a couple hours, you can fall asleep, but you end up waking up one, two, three, four in the morning with the brain just going 90, you know, 90 miles per hour.
1: Mm-hmm. And so
0: it's just finding that time to quiet down Although, you know, when I, when I talk with people one-on-one, a lot of people are afraid of getting quiet because they just don't want to face what's going on.
1: You're absolutely right. I I was a yoga instructor for a while and, um, I, I ran yoga classes in my gym Mm -hmm. and I had this trainer, a friend of mine. And when we are doing the Shavasana, the three minute corpse pose at the end, she, she couldn't do it. She mm-hmm. she got up within a minute. And says I I like she just um, left the room. <laughs> it's like yep. what are you what are you doing? <laughs> you can't yes. lay down for three minutes and just yeah. like yep. just relax.
0: Yep. <laughs> nope, they gotta have the music going all the time or just something. And and it's a really it's it's we're brought, we're not built for that. Our brain is not built for that. Our cells are not built for that. The challenge when um, you know we when we reach menopause and perimenopause is our adrenals are then going to help us make some of the estrogen that now our ovaries aren't making, and when our adrenals are already on third shift going, listen, I am already exhausted. I got nothing left in me. Now you want me to make estrogen? Kiss my grits. <laughs> you know I'm not doing it. <laughs>
1: So it's kind
0: of, right. It's sort of one of those, like, what do we expect of our body? Mm -hmm. Now we, we still are. I mean, we're, we are biology and we can want, 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 and we can, you know, trudge forward and and drink all the energy drinks and do whatever crazy, you know, supplements that people try to take to override the system. Mm -hmm. And the system can be overridden for a little while, but eventually she's going to, you know, send you a bill that you probably can't pay. Right, and right. it's no wonder that we have the breakdown we have. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's why I like this proactive approach versus a reactive, which is when you're literally, you know, falling apart, or you've got a health crisis or a mental crisis. You know, much of the mental health issues we have, I often say, look, there's, there's nothing wrong with you. You're having a very healthy reaction to a very abnormal situation.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, a
0: lot of our life is so abnormal
1: we're not meant
0: to be going, going, going 12, 16 hours a day. Yeah, that yeah. is not normal. Yeah, <laughs> or healthy. So yeah. it eventually catches up.
1: Yeah, I agree, Sam. Yeah. Um. Okay, so you have a you, you said you are looking forward to introducing the no feel do methodology. Tell me a little bit more about that.
0: Oh, I would love to. Uh, So one thing that I I utilize in my work, um, in my practice, when I was in practice and in my work now coaching is the Enneagram. Um, so some people have probably heard of that. The Enneagram is a tool for personal growth. As far as, as I look at it, you know, some call it, uh, unfortunately, they'll give it this label of like a personality test with the the Enneagram, but it's not that it's really a personal growth tool, meaning you, you go through a, a little questionnaire, you find out what your dominant type is, so to speak um, you're positioning in that Enneagram. And then there are ways that you can grow. And then there are defaults that we kind of slide to when we're under stress. Um, So looking at that, there are three different centers for of intelligence on the Enneagram. There's the head, the heart and the body. So in all of this time that I've been, I'm I'm one of these people I'm constantly thinking and trying to kind of systematize things to help make them translate over, you know, multiple different situations. So the no feel do has really helped me Uh, find a congruence in myself and then help teach other people how to operate from whatever their dominant places. Maybe they're a heart centered or more heart, um, you know, emotionally led person. Well, how do you tap more into your, your thinking brain and how do you tap more into your gut or that sense of, you know, you just know things are the right thing or they're not the right thing. Mm -hmm. So it's a way of, of bringing all three of these centers together holistically, And teaching people how to do that for themselves. And it's been an incredible growth tool for me. And that's now something that I I have part of this membership to help teach people how to do it for themselves. Because as much as I love, you know, helping people and, you know, being that person for them, I am way more interested in someone being able to help themselves so that they're not dependent on anyone else, really kind of a fiercely independent kind of chick. And I like it that way. (laughs) <laughs> I like that bringing all those three things together and, and teaching people about you know who they really are at their core and helping them uncover more of that
1: hmm that's really uh, an amazing it sounds like an amazing tool for anybody to and it's
0: fun yes and it, it's something that's still constantly evolving you know it's one of those things I think will probably evolve my entire life and it'll be something that I'll I'll keep kind of Tapping back to, um, I have a course on resilience and, you know, how to build more resilience in midlife. And I do that and refer to the no feel do methodology as to, you know, this is your toolbox, kind of like your, you know, your kit, you go in there, you think, okay, I'm, I'm, I need, I'm feeling out of tune in my heart. You know, my emotions, I'm either, you know, I'm too on one side or not enough on the other or whatever it may be. So what's going on there? What's my body? What's my brain and, and you know, my heart trying to tell me right now. And that does require we sit still a little bit, you know, a little bit of the mindfulness, um, you know, finding that way that soothes us. And sometimes it's as simple as breathing in and breathing out, and those, right? Like those <laughs> simple things mm-hmm. are often the most powerful and they don't take any time. Doesn't require any money. It's just giving yourself that little bit of permission. And I often I'll, I'll tease people and because I like to have fun and I'll say, listen, I'll give you a permission slip for now. Okay. So if you, if you need a permission slip, I'll sign you one, but eventually (laughs) I want you to rip that up and give yourself your own permission slip because you, you know, we are the most important person in our life.
1: Yeah. You have to put the oxygen mask on yourself first before you can help other people. Right.
0: Yes. Very much. So.
1: Yeah. Now we talked the other day and I want, i I want to go back to what you were talking about with the different types of estrogen that happen in perimenopause. Would you Mm -hmm. mind talking about that? Yeah, no,
0: not at all. Um, So in our, in our reproductive stage of life, which is, you know, once we start menstruating through when we have our last period, the estrogen that's most dominant is E2 or estradiol. And then there is another estrogen Estrone, which is E1. And she is the type of estrogen that's more dominant after our menopause. And she's a a creative kind of estrogen, the estradiol, the E2, she is the nurturing, take care of everybody else, you know, nesting because, you know, she's interested in propagating the species, right? So she's going to couple and want to take care of all the things, all the babies, all the, all that stuff. And then eventually we kind of transition into E1 being more on the dominant side. And then when we're pregnant, there's estriol, which is E3. So she's really only on scene when we're, when we're actively pregnant or, you know, our current state is in a pregnancy state. So these three are kind of, you know, they're, they're blending and they're ebbing and flowing throughout our our adult lifetime. And then things start to shift. The estradiol that we get predominantly from our um, ovaries as the ovaries start to pack up and you know go into retirement, that's when they <laughs> tap up. Yeah, that's they're like, okay, <laughs> yeah, we're 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 packing out. We've done our thirty years. We've done our you know our twenty five. We're ready to you know retire. Keeps in in the check, but they uh, they want to make sure that they're you know they're they're done. They're they're ready to to move on to something else. I really have a hard time in, in a lot of what we're um, kind of shown in our society is that they're, they're drying up. They're, they're dying. I mean, I read somewhere, someone said, your ovaries die. And I'm like, you get, don't say that stuff. That's the most ridiculous dumb things on the planet because our retire, it's not, they're not dying. They've done, they've done their part. You know, now it's, it's time for them to move on to something different. It's time for us to transition into a new phase of our lives we can't be reproducing all the time. That would be not great for our bodies, number one, mm-hmm. not great for the species, because as women, when we change from that nurturing, taking care of everybody else, not focusing on us, not bringing new things into the world, except for you know our, our children, which is a wonderful thing, but there, there is another stage for us. Mm-hmm. And there's so much that women who have this wisdom and this, this collective wisdom that is an untapped resource that we're, we're seeing the fallout from now. You know, there haven't been enough women who've been able to step into leadership roles and really, you know, driving the tribe, so to speak, like women used to be, before we had all this, you know, progress, but our society has really um, become deafened to the voices of women And we're starting to see that women are are realizing okay we do have a voice and we we do have a collective voice that needs to be heard not because we want to be speaking we need to be heard and those are two completely different you know sides of that continuum but women bring a, a very special kind of nuance to the conversations women are more collaborative by nature We're not as necessarily competitive by nature. Mm -hmm. We might be competitive with ourselves and we might have, you know, sports and everything. And that's a healthy, when channeled healthfully, that is a very healthy type of competition. Mm -hmm. Collaboration has been missing from the playing field for far too long.
1: Imagine if we had more women leaders, Mm -hmm. like world leaders. Yes.
0: Yes. Who were collaborating and not just, you know, changing the not being male dominated kind of, or that mask, you know, cause there's feminine and masculine. We all have some, some portion of those within us. Mm-hmm. Um, it, we, we need to have more of that balance. Mm-hmm. And the more, um, you know, the more masculine driven has can, it's very useful in certain times, but then we need a more feminine driven leadership at other times. And to be able to have those two really peacefully coexist Mm-hmm. And that's where collaboration really comes in. And, and I think we're seeing a more collaborative model of business, which are primarily the types of people I work with, the ones who are out for social impact while making a profit because- People who have a good sense of mind and of justice and of you know peace and and love the earth. We want people like that to have the money <laughs> because you need money to do things and and money helps generate you know active change. So we we want to be profitable, but we don't want to be profitable and at least in my mind, I don't want to be profitable at the expense of people and planet because yeah. it's just it's we've gone too far. We've gone that's, too. Far.
1: <laughs> that's great, Sam. That's a uh, great mythology or method, uh, what would I methodology? Say? Yes.
0: yes. <laughs> that's kind of, all, and it's the only word I can think. And you know, I, like I say, it'll evolve over time and I, I just love getting feedback and and I appreciate, you know, hearing that it's landing with you. Cause that's, that's really important to me is, is for people to you know leave a conversation with me or, you know, in one of our, our groups and just say, you know, think, think for themselves and, and mm-hmm. start, Kind of unpacking their belief system, like, well, why do I believe that? Or, you know, what is it that makes me want to go for, you know, a million dollars a year? Let's say that's my goal in business. Okay, well, what is it about that? What? Why is that? Because what people have told you, you should want, or are you something? That's so right.
1: You're so right. Like, I, I had, I have Mm -hmm. had some lofty goals that I've Mm -hmm. set over the years, and in my younger years, it was like, yeah, let's do it. And then when I hit a certain milestone and okay, I have achieved it. Now what, what's next? And then like, how long can you stay running that, that on that treadmill to get like, whatever it is that, that goal, that income goal that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, but I just, my, my whole mindset has changed in that regard. Although it, it, you're right. It would be nice to have money to do the things Mm -hmm. that you need to do and to serve people even better. But yeah. Like my, my goal has totally changed. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if it, that is because of the perimenopause or just the, the grief as well. I don't know.
0: I think it's, it's, it's a blend of both. Yeah. And I, I think there are just because there comes a time when again, when we've given ourselves that permission, or when we have conversations like this where we take the masks off, we we, you know, expose ourselves a little more vulnerably and just say, you know, this is what I'm feeling and this is where I'm coming from, and this is where where that gap is between where I am now and where I want to be. And I don't know how to get there. And being able to say, I just don't know what I don't know. And and being open to somebody who's willing to come along and mentor you. And, and, you know, like in, in the coaching space, I always tell my clients, like, I am looking, I'm as much interviewing you as you are me. And you should be interviewing me. Don't just say, Oh, well, I just like what you say. So I want to work with you. No, no, yeah. we need to make sure that this is a good, good mix here, mm-hmm. but I'm interviewing you or, or kind of vetting my clients because I need to make sure they are coachable. Right. And that goes for our, ourselves as well. When, when we're in this space we can't possibly know it all. Mm-hmm. I mean, goodness gracious. I learned something from everybody and I love it, mm-hmm. uh, but being humble and, and vulnerable enough to, to just be open to learning something new, mm-hmm. is incredibly powerful. And I think we get to a stage where we realize, man, I don't know it all. And I'm getting my butt handed to me in certain areas and I need <laughs> help, but you know, it's, it's not easy if you're like that, um, you know, the CEO of your company and you're, you're really not allowed to be human. You know, people yeah, will yeah. give you a lip service, but have a human moment and they will gut you. So that, that type of, you know, business model is, is not really set up for us to really grow and evolve.
1: You're absolutely it's, right. Like, I mean, there's so many things that you almost have to hide behind, like you say, wear a mask. And, you know, is that serving us? No. And I I mean, there will be a breaking point. At at some point we will break. And I know a lot of people have said, Cindy, you're so strong. And and I was strong. And now I don't feel like I'm strong, you know, and it's okay for me not to be strong. It's so okay.
0: (laughs) It's so okay. And I think that that strength, you know, we see it as it's got to be something like immutable, you know, like this metal hard thing that's strong. No, that, that just has strength. Strong is also being able to bend when needed and not, not break. And if we do break, well, by God, then we just let ourselves kind of be in that state of being in in a broken ish state for that moment, and then being able to assess, okay, what what broke me, you know, where did I go? Where was I not being able to be fortified? Where was I not being supported? Where was I just trying to juggle all the things? And of course, something's going to to drop, mm-hmm. you know. And then there are there are so many um, different conversations for us to have, and that, that's the part where I like having this. Um, sacred space. I don't, I don't like the term safe space. Cause I always feel like that's, you know, something that got completely bastardized in our current world of b- bubble wrapping children, you know, they need a safe space. Now nah, we just need a sacred space where we as women can talk with each other and have these kind of conversations, you know, and, and be more vulnerable. And in that vulnerability, that's where I think we really tap into our strength. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't think we can really do that on some on a platform like LinkedIn, because, you know, you don't want to really have these conversations where all the world can see literally. Mm -hmm. Um, So having a private network where, uh, you know, I house this is good.
1: Well, I do admit that you your LinkedIn profile and your your content that you post uh, each week is quite informative and it is enlightening. And, and anybody who goes to Dr. Sam Graver's website or not website, well, we'll talk about the website after, but uh, goes to your LinkedIn, they will understand that like I sensed your aura and I sensed mm-hmm. your, your wanting to give to people and you're definitely a nurturer mm-hmm. and just a very wise woman. And I, I'm just Thank so excited all. that you came on my podcast today because yeah. I think like, so many people could benefit if they reached out to you or even just went to your LinkedIn and watched mm-hmm. some of the things and maybe join your group that uh, you have. Can you, can you again, direct us to that group? Yeah. I know that you've got Absolutely. a website as well. Can you mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about both of those?
0: Yeah. So the um, the LinkedIn, yes, I, I do content every week trying to kind of just, dig deeper into one aspect of, of aging growth, you know, personal growth, growth mindset, menopause, metabolic health. So I have a little variety of things, but I kind of hone in on that midlife stage. Um, so yes, thank you for, for referring people there. And they can just find me at Dr. Sam Graber, G-R-A-B-E-R. Um, you'll see in there also that I've got a newsletter. You can opt in for that. I send that out once a week through LinkedIn, LinkedIn, and I have a ton of free content there. Um, and then for for women who want to dig a little deeper, there's a group that I've created called Unraveling Together. And that's just one word. And I know Cindy will have the links in the um, episode here. So unraveling together is on a private network. It's on mighty networks, uh, actually. And so it's a, it's a private group where I vet everyone. I ask people a couple questions to join. It's like, you know, how'd you find out about us? What are you interested in? Um, I want to make sure it's a real person. So I ask them for their LinkedIn. Um, if they don't have LinkedIn, you know, some way of verifying it's a real person. Um, and then I ask them to just honor a couple couple things that we've got guidelines. And if they can do that, great. And if they can't, please just remove themselves from the group. Um, very transparent, as you'll get to know, as we get to know each other more and more, pretty much as straightforward as I as they come. I feel like the, the less of those constructs and, and, you know, weird expectations that people have from each other, they're unspoken. I, I'd rather just be spoken about it. Mm -hmm. So unraveling together is, is where there's more content that I don't dig into as deeply on, on um, LinkedIn. Um, There'll be articles that I'll deconstruct and and give some guidelines and insights, great YouTube um, uh, links, I guess, from other people, other experts, because when people get diagnosed or they think they're in perimenopause it can become almost an obsession and they just want to get research and look at all the things, but there is so much information. And unfortunately a lot of information is misinformation or it's that information like, Oh, well you're broken. It's all downhill from here. Take this pill. And I am just not a anything, take this pill. (laughs) I am all about, you know, again, understanding what's going on. So I educate every single month on a different aspect. Like one month is on the adrenals and what's occurring and what they're for and, and you know, why they're important. Another month we talk about the thyroid, another month we talk about heart health and, and cardiovascular health. And instead of having one of those courses or memberships where all the information is in there and you just feel like you're you're drowning in a sea of information, I take people on a, very, a guided tour. <laughs> and my goal is over a one year period of being in this as a member that you really truly understand yourself better than you ever imagined you could. Hmm. So you can make more informed health decisions for yourself and also spills over into your family. If, you know, if, if you're someone that your family consults for those items, which if you're a female, about 90% of our family is going to be, Hey, what do you think? <laughs> you know, those a women. We, we get those questions mm-hmm. uh, yeah, exactly. we do personal growth and, and just community. Hmm. Man, it's so much better when you have people that kind of get you.
1: Oh, absolutely. Like like-minded people and yeah, like going through the same thing. Like I, mm-hmm. I agree. It's, uh, it's important.
0: Yeah. Because it can be really lonely. You know, even when you have this, this great friend network and you know, maybe you have a wonderful job and a wonderful partner and, and wonderful kids and all these great things, but we can often feel very alone at this time. And that is something that, is unfortunately leading to a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of women drinking too much. Um, I know how that can go. That was part of my, my time a couple of years ago. I didn't realize just how on a downward spiral I was and alcohol was, was kind of my way of coping, but it wasn't helping me cope at all, but it was just a way of numbing out for a little while. And then that became more and more prevalent and I had to catch myself, you know, that whole check yourself before you wreck yourself <laughs> like, <I> was <laughs> coming to that point. And I thought, oh boy, okay, this is not where I want to go. And that is um, something that a lot of women suffer in silence until it's too late or it's, oh. you know, very dangerous um, taking medications and mixing with alcohol um, unfortunately, suicide and suicide attempts are very high in the age group of 45 to 55 for women. Mm-hmm. And that's, that to me is just unacceptable. It, it, this shouldn't be a thing. We, we need to talk about it and be free to express ourselves.
1: Absolutely. And and the flip side of that, too, the mm-hmm. positive side mm-hmm. is that I hear that most people come into their genius at 45, yeah. 50, like a lot of men and women are starting yeah. businesses at this point in time. And, and they've, they've either got, they've squared away what they needed to square away. They figured it out and now they want to give back. And I think that's where you're at, right, Sam?
0: Yes, absolutely. Oh, I love that. And yes, and it is that there's this continuum of everything in life, you know, and some, when they're unsupported and and don't know what to do and overwhelmed and depleted, they can go on that, that side of the, of the continuum. And then there are those that are wanting to do the work and wanting to grow and, and realizing there's growth to do, and there's things to forgive themselves for. And there's real, like they're in a career like, okay, yeah, maybe I make, you know, multiple six figures and I'm just, you know, big mucky muck, but I'm not happy or I don't feel fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And they, they choose this radical turnaround. And, you know, mine wasn't super radical because I didn't go from like healthcare to, I don't know something totally different. I stayed in that, that realm, but it's, it's a great time for growth. And I, I kind of give a lot of credit to our, our, that Estrone or that E1, our creative estrogen, I call her our inner creatrix, like giving her life and, and breathing into her and helping that side of us really tap into what lights us up mm-hmm. you now. And so much of that just comes from asking yourself, your, your inner self knows, and your inner self, like when we were kids and little guys and gals growing up, we knew we wanted to be, you know, an astronaut or we wanted to be this, these, all these wildly and wonderful things and artists. We wanted to be, you know, play music, whatever we wanted, our, our spirit and our soul knew. Mm-hmm. And then over time we were told to sit still and play in this box or, you know, well, that's not practical yeah. and, yeah. you know, all these things. And so we started to put ourselves in a box to fit in. And that's what I look at. The Enneagram is a great way for helping us understand the box we put ourselves in. Mm-hmm. And then how do we grow through that? Mm-hmm. How do we acknowledge what has worked for us and what hasn't? Mm-hmm. Forgive ourselves because that's a huge one, you know, because many times people can't say, all right, you know, I made a different decision. Okay. So now let me make the decision that's, that suits me more now. <laughs> and it's okay to change. And having a community of people around you that support you, and even when you know I'm a very inclusive kind of person, so in, in my world, all people are welcome, and I don't care what religion, I don't care what color, I don't care what any what you know gender role, I, whatever it is, I, I do um, you know the inclusivity is for people if, of the if, who are women, you know people of who will be going through menopause and who will be having those physiological changes. But as far as whatever other way you classify yourself, I, you know, I want all of those people in this group to be talking, understanding each other, Mm -hmm. being, learning how to listen truly to each other. Um, You know, we listen with filters. That's just part of being human, but being able to kind of blur our own filters and just hear where someone else is coming from. It's incredible for our own growth.
1: Right on. Yeah. We've given lots of tips. Now, if you could summarize and maybe if, if you were to give your three best tips for people going through perimenopause, what would they be?
0: Yes. Oh, I love that. And that that's, thank you for that. Number one would be find out what's going on with insulin in your body. Now, yeah, if we're looking at just the physiological things, are you insulin resistant? Are you able to regulate that? So that would be number one. Number two would be work on your stressors. Um, stress is how we internalize the effect of our stressors. So stressors can be people, they can be um, the way we're living, they can be our jobs, they can be a whole host of things, start doing a little inventory there, seeing what things you can say no to, see what things you can just say not right now to, because it might be too hard to say no. So just say not right now. (laughs) And then work on those kinds of things. And then really do the things that give you, that light you up. Like if there's one thing every day for yourself that you can do to lighten the load a little bit, do more of that. Um, And then the third thing would be to start talking with people in your life and people you can trust and unload and offload some of these these burdens that we've just taken on. And especially as, as leading women in our lives, we take on everyone else's burdens. Mm -hmm. And then again, like we talked about, you don't realize just how much of your own stuff you are not, you're just not dealing with, and it will eventually catch up and Mm -hmm. it, it can be a rather challenging time in life. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I would, I would look at those three things and, and kind of start there.
1: That's pretty good advice, I think, to start mm-hmm. off with. I, I mean, those yeah. are only three things. Imagine all of the things that you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah that, and I try not to overwhelm folks and just kind of say, you know, let's let's just start the conversation. This mm-hmm. is, you know, this is the what everything can look like, but let's start with what really calls you first. Mm-hmm. And most of us really know, we know like, all right, I got to start eating real food because I'm just going from... You know, crappy food to crappy food, or I need to sleep better. So how do I set my life up to get better sleep? Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of the ways to mitigate stress. And then looking at our our food, you know, that's the main way that we drive insulin. So we, we need to be eating more real food. Um, it depending what someone, you know, with the animal products or not. You know, some folks they they don't want to eat animals because of whatever their beliefs are around that, and that is wonderful and honorable. We got to figure out ways to get the nutrients from you know well-grown and healthy healthily grown um, animals. I'm a big fan of regenerative agriculture. It's something you'll see me talk about quite often in LinkedIn. And that is about growing animals the way that nature really truly intended Mm -hmm. without the chemicals, without the drugs, without the confines, Yeah, letting an animal be their animal, a cow live into their cowness, let, you know, let a chicken scratch and peck and eat bugs because chickens are not supposed to be vegetarian y'all. Just in case you don't know that. And you see on, you know, eggs, vegetarian eggs, they're not supposed to be vegetarians. (laughs) (laughs) they need bugs and they need worms and they need all sorts of stuff. Yeah. So it's, it's things like that. Being more informed is good.
1: And I know that you talked about nature when we talked Mm -hmm. the other day about how important that has been for you. And I know it has been for me, like getting out for long walks in the woods and seeing outside. I know that's my happy place in the sun. Yes,
0: yes, definitely, and grounding, and, and grounding is a great way to, you know, just taking our shoes off and being on the grass or in the dirt, and just allowing ourselves to feel that energy from the earth. Because it's not nature versus us; we are nature, and nature is, you know, it's all it needs to be around us. And we don't, we just don't interact enough anymore um, through all these, you know, conveniences. And I'm using air quotes all the time when I say that word anymore because we're we're not; it's not convenient food. Food is, you know, ideally it's not, not convenient. It's in not inconvenient, but we do need to, you know, eat things that are, uh, most people would consider ingredients. You know, mm-hmm. I pretty much eat ingredients. That is, that is what my meal is made of. It's, I can see that it was an animal and it, it had, looks like animal fiber, like, you know, the animal muscle, mm-hmm. um, a veg, vegetable, it looks like it, you know, grew on the plant. And those that's really critical not to eat a lot of, you know, highly processed things and allow the nutrients to be you know, taken out of during the processing, we want to get the nutrients yeah. processed by our body.
1: Yeah. Well, that, so, that sounds like that could be a whole podcast in itself, Sam. It could be. <laughs> Yeah, maybe I'll have to have you back again.
0: Sure, sure. I I would be thrilled and I look forward to to continuing our conversation and you know if people want to reach out, you're absolutely welcome to, you know, reach out to me on LinkedIn and and connect or just follow me there for a little bit. I'm all about building trust, you know. Check me out, see what I talk about, see does it jive with you and if you want to join that community, um you know just Cindy will have the the link it's unravelingtogether.com request to join. And, um, I will look forward to chatting with any and everyone.
1: That's awesome. Thank you so much, yeah. Sam, for your Thanks wisdom indeed. and your time today. And I, uh, I really look forward to an ongoing relationship with you. Yes, me too. Thanks. Thanks for listening to a healthier
0: you little by little. Do you have a question about something you heard today? An idea for a topic, perhaps? Or would you like to reach out to Cindy? Send her an email, coachcindylittle at gmail.com. Or visit her website at health2wealth.ca. That's health2wealth.ca. Or you can find Cindy on LinkedIn
1: or Facebook as Cindy Little. Once again, thanks for listening.